And it was so beautiful, I mean, just to experience that part of the world in that manner. Um, I don't know, I think I, I really enjoy being on a motorcycle. I, in the city, I ride a bicycle, which is in and of itself an adventure and a risk. But you really interact with the world at a different pace when you're on a motorcycle. That was Melinda Uno. I'm Jeff. And this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on this podcast, you'll hear from photographers, writers, doctors, bartenders, and other San Franciscans telling stories and responding to the question, what is it about this place? Welcome to episode one, part two. In this podcast, Melinda tells the story of meeting some badass women motorcyclists from the Bay Area. They hatched a plan to ride motorcycles across Mexico and Melinda would join them to document the experience. This podcast is a story of that ride. Here's Melinda. When I moved to Oakland again after living abroad and coming back and trying to figure out where I was supposed to be, I found an apartment on Craigslist and made a connection with one of my neighbors in the building and I feel like that's so rare nowadays to actually meet your neighbors and to meet people that are in the same building as you and actually have a good relationship with them and um, my friend Leanne she's just this really she is this really badass woman who rode to Alaska on a motorcycle by herself and was just talking about how she really wanted to go to Mexico and that was something that she was really interested in doing and I was like wow that sounds amazing that sounds very inspiring and also just super super cool and unique and through her uh, I met my friend Kimber who is in the film industry and she also rides motorcycles and so it sort of evolves through many conversations at various bars that we were all going to go to Mexico and I was like, well, I've always wanted to learn how to ride a motorcycle and I thought maybe I can find a way to make that happen too. And it's funny looking back on it now because I always dream so big and we always have like, these grand ideas and we have to kind of pare it down based on reality. Um, but we would just meet up probably once a week, once every couple weeks and talk about the idea of producing a documentary about women motorcyclists. And we actually had met at Emperor Norton's Boozland a couple times where I met Michelle and uh, Leanne got so friendly with Michelle and it was so great because now there's this beautiful connection that I have with her that's formed out of it. But we would just meet at all these places and talk about what it means to be a woman motorcyclist. What are some challenges that we might face as a group of women in Mexico where there's kind of this notoriety of violence against women, which is unfortunate, but if you just look at it from the distance, when you're researching these things, the internet can be a very scary place. The news and facts like that can be very scary, but it was really cool to talk with other women about these ideas, about what it means to be interested in something that historically is a very male-dominated hobby. And I think to this day, 
every time I see a woman on a motorcycle, I just sort of cheer in my head, like, yes, that's awesome. And it was really cool to, to have this world opened up to me as a result of that. We had this really ambitious idea of creating a documentary and did took a lot of steps in order to make that happen just to, to get on the road. And I learned a lot about the filmmaking industry and how much work and logistics and equipment and everything. I learned a lot about that. But we spent probably a year preparing, almost to a T. And then we actually left uh, November 2016. So it was a couple years ago now. After the election? Yes. Okay. Right. You're like, that's right it. Let's get the after, fuck out of here. Right after. And Leanne, Kimber, and Lori, along with Ryan, who's another friend on motorcyclist, they left San Francisco to go to Mexico City, where I was going to meet up with them. And that in and of itself, that first leg that I wasn't a part of, it was just amazing that they made it as far as they did. And were they going to document that part? Exactly, themselves? yes. Yeah, they were going to document the trip, leaving San Francisco, going down through Baja, California, taking a, a boat to the coast of Mexico. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then riding um, all the way. My part of the trip was from Mexico City to Cancun. Okay. So... It's crazy talking about it now because it seems so surreal. Just one, that the trip was going to happen at all. And two, Lori ended up getting hit by a car by a guy that went into oncoming traffic. Because in Mexico, sometimes those lines can be a little bit more flexible than they are here. But he, he was going to do a pass on the left through the median or through the middle line and was high on coke. He had uh, quite a bit of cocaine on, on him in his possession. And he probably wasn't judging his speed and everything very well, but basically he crashed into Lori and she had just learned how to ride a motorcycle and she's very strong as a new rider and sort of just had really bad luck. And so part of the story of that trip is Kimber's bike not being as reliable as we had hoped and Lori getting hit by a car and so they actually flew back from Baja Sur back to the Bay Area okay. and Lori just has recovered now thank, thank goodness but um, it was so weird for me to, from the sidelines just to be really concerned about her I'm really concerned about okay now I'm supposed to go to Mexico City in a couple days is that even going to happen? Right. <laughs> um, How badly was she hurt? She, I think, had a... Well, she definitely had a broken leg and a lot of internal bleeding and stuff. That's and scary. Um, I was surprised that she's able to walk and everything, although I don't think anybody else was that, con that concerned after the surgery. Mm -hmm. But um, her family decided to fly her back here oh, wow. because... They didn't want her to have surgery in some random Baja, California right. hospital. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially talking to your families, like you're women motorcyclists, one, just riding a motorcycle on the road anywhere is dangerous. It's not a matter of if you get an accident, it's a matter of when. But then also, wait, you're, you're riding 
through Mexico, which again, if you're in a car, it can be kind of tenuous as well. But oh, and, and you're doing this in how many days? And how many of you are there? And it was just the logistics. I think were a little bit scary to to our families and friends yeah. that we were telling about it. When we first started talking about it, I said I was going to try and ride. And I got a motorcycle, and I thought, okay, I'm not going to be comfortable enough on the road at that point. And so I Side sort of... Sidecar. Yeah, right? <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> I wish. That would be so photogenic. But no, we abandoned the idea of me riding when I realized that I just... I wouldn't feel comfortable on the road. So luckily, Leanne and Ryan were so gracious and willing to to have me on the trip and so I ended up being on the back of Ryan's motorcycle while Leanne who's on this little Royal Enfields which is not a touring bike at all uh, was kind of having some bike issues along the way as well she had to get her gas tank welded in Baja and just there's there's lots of adventures I think that you know one day we'll tell that story as well in terms of when I got there met them in Mexico there's already so much that had happened and I kind of came in I'm like hey now I'm here. Now let's go to Cancun, which is, you know, another few thousand miles away. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up going from Mexico City to Oaxaca and then from Oaxaca to Salina Cruz, which is kind of on the southwest side of Mexico. Then we went up to San Cristobal de las Casas in Chiapas and to Palenque, which is just a small kind of, oh, it's beautiful, but I had known, I didn't know anything about it. Stopped there. Went up to Merida and Tuxa Gutierrez to Cancun. So it was wow. lots of small, small towns in Mexico that I, was, I feel very privileged to have visited. We didn't use Airbnb. We didn't use the internet to find out where we were going. I mean, we used maps and things to say, okay, this is a, a major town that's on the way. And logistically, we have enough gas to get to, from point A to point B. And daylight this is how much time we have so that's basically what dictated where we went and we would just go into town and be like oh well there's a sign for a hotel and see how much it is and they're like nope it's too expensive we don't want to spend that much money so let's find another hotel and mm. um basically it was three people in a shared hotel room where we were just literally stopping for the night and then we left yeah. um and to look at some of those maps you realize oh well this map selling that they're selling in the gas station was printed a few years before so sometimes roads are opened or closed and when you're going to a new place you realize oh well I was supposed to go this direction on this road but it doesn't seem actually possible anymore so we have to find a way around it. Well the whole idea of calculating how far you can go on a tank of gas Mm -hmm. for a motorcycle you don't go as far (laughs) and in Mexico there's uh, they're called oh my goodness there's two types of roads one is a toll road Mm -hmm. Uh, And one is just like the everyday kind of roads that people use to get from town to town. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot later for not remembering what they're called. But basically on these toll roads, the freeways, they're great because you can go so much further. There's less people on the road. It's nicer roads, nicer roads, much better paved generally. And. But then you realize, oh, there's only so many exits. Mm. So we actually got to a point when I was with Ryan, Leanne, her bike was not working. So we left her in Palenque, unfortunately, for a few days and Ryan went back after. But um, he had to backtrack to get gas because he realized, he's like, I'm not going to make it to the next exit. So we have to go back and it probably took maybe an extra hour. 
Everybody that we met were, were so friendly and we only had one encounter where we had to bribe a police officer. Luckily, nothing, you know, all the horror stories that we were reading about before we left were you just want to be prepared. We're like, okay, if someone's chasing after us with a gun, what do we do? Like literally like thinking, okay, like because when you're in a group with that many people, you want to make sure you're on the same page with how you might react and say, well, are we going to ditch? And we're just like free for all. Everyone goes separate directions and we catch up later or, yeah. you know, it, and yeah. I, I think I learned so much about this group of people, but you learn a lot about yourself. And like I was maybe a little bit guilty of over preparing and over researching and maybe trying to think too much about how everything was going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the people on their trip were like, oh, we're going to figure it out. We'll, we'll just make it work. And you say, OK, uh, it makes me really uneasy because I, I don't really operate like that. But you learn that you can really be a lot more flexible and a lot less scripted than maybe you had thought initially. Well, the thing is when you're on the road that much, you really don't interact with that many locals, unfortunately, but um, just a lot of the people that were working in the hotels that were staying in the hotels. um, I remember I was speaking Spanish to uh, a guy who is in the Yucatan and their dialect is, is slightly different. They have like a different accent. People still speak Mayan there, oh, wow. which baffled me when I, I realized that. Yeah. Um, but I was speaking Spanish and I studied Spanish in San Diego in school and it's okay. It's better if I'm a little bit intoxicated. Yeah. Definitely not great, not terrible. And I was speaking to this these kids that were at this shop. Uh, it's an OXO, I think, which is just like a 7-Eleven here. And I was talking to them, and the kid had no idea what I was saying. He just, he, he's like, I have no idea what you're saying. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm speaking Spanish correctly. I'm pretty sure. And just, it was so funny just because, you know, here you are, and you just have to remember that we, everybody is so diverse. All these communities have such a, a vast history, and there's even just a language difference, which, again, I think people have to remind themselves about that in America. They mm-hmm. have to remind themselves about that in San Francisco, that, mm-hmm. okay, I'm in this part of San Francisco, people dress a certain way and they behave a certain way. And when I go to this part of San Francisco, it's very different, which I, I, I really enjoy. I really mm-hmm. enjoy that it's not all one style here, that it's not all one personality type here. And I think the danger of when you look at, when you look at the economy and the types of jobs and the types of people that are drawn to San Francisco as a result of that, you kind of run the risk of having a, a monotonous or Homo- monochromatic, homogenous mm-hmm. demographic. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that the beauty of San Francisco ideally is that that diversity and the kind of seedy underbelly, as we like to say at the Tenderloin Museum, it's not really going to go away completely, hopefully. But it's kind of scary because when you look at certain things, you think maybe it will be just a part of history and all the misfits won't be able to find a place here anymore. Check back next week when we'll hear from photographer Joe Aguirre. Music for this podcast is by Otis McDonald, a.k.a. Joe Bigale. Those shots of Mexico, those were taken by Melinda. Storied San Francisco is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please follow, like, share, all that stuff. All our episodes are up on our website, and there's a store with Storied SF t-shirts, hats, and koozies. That's a great way to help support what we do. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Another way you can help us find new listeners. 
send comments and suggestions to storiedsf at gmail.com. Happy Thanksgiving, and thanks for listening.